the feel-good way to start your day. Coggo for breakfast. Brian Canham is the lead singer of Pseudo Echo and he joins me now. Brian, good morning. Hey, how are you going? Very well, thank you. An absolute pleasure to speak to you. Of course, bringing your ultimate tour to Bendigo at the Capitol this Friday, September 8. Um, is, it, is it good to be back in Bendigo? Oh, fantastic. I mean, we, we haven't done it for so long. So we've we, we got nearby. We're in Ballarat, Castlemaine, a little back. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a while. Maybe, maybe since the Rock on the Rails. Oh, wow. wow. And on, on the train carriage where we did back in the 80s. Oh, goodness. I've heard so many things about that gig. It sounded like it was a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah, it was real fun. Very nice. Um, I'm so keen to hear, uh, of course, you've, you've got an incredible story. Um, and the first unrecorded band to appear on Countdown, it was such an enigma, Countdown. It's one of those shows that just, uh, the opportunity just doesn't exist for music these days. How, how did you find the experience of Countdown? Did you take it for what it was back then? Oh look, it was it was like the bible of, of um, you know of new music because um, every every musician aspired to be on Countdown and and if you weren't a musician you, and uh, just a music lover you you watched it religiously as well so um, you know for us it was a, a dream to be on there so uh, the day Molly um, you know came along unannounced to a gig and then just said um, you know how about you guys come on Countdown <laughs> we were kind of it was a bit surreal we were really taken aback and. And, um, you know, the ABC went all out and then, you know, built a set for us and then shot a clip for us and then Molly did the big intro and wrapped us up. So, you know, a bit of pressure, <laughs> but, um, you know, telling everyone, look out, they're going to be the next big thing. So, um, yeah, it was an incredible fast track, really, in a way, because we'd only been together for about a year at the time. So, amazing. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And you have then become the next big thing. So Molly was right, as he always tended to be. Yeah, yeah, he he really um, took us under his wing, and he, I, I think Molly just genuinely really believed in the band. Yep. Oh, absolutely, it's so clear, and I, I love that for for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask the question. Obviously, look, on this tour, you're performing the hits. I have to talk about fun, Funky Town. Yeah. I'd love to know. The story goes, as my understanding was, that you performed it once as an encore, and then it sort of it, it stuck. But why that song? Well, it was just, uh, there's an unusual twist here. When I was like barely 18 um, and and, and going out to nightclubs and things for the first time, I used to go to a club in the Northern suburbs that Molly DJed at. Yes. And um, I'd always listen to the music he'd play. I was was really focused on that more than anything. That's what I did. I just sat on the sidelines of the dance floor and watched what made things pump and I can remember the night he played that song, first time the original version of it, and, and it just had this real effect on me. So fast track about five years into my career, um, I think that um, I, I had a coffee with an old friend who was a DJ and, and had a whole stack of vinyl, and he just pulled out that record and stuck it on, and, and I just was so taken back. I thought, God, because you've got to remember when, you, when you're 20-odd, you know, um, Nostalgia is only a few years earlier, so for me it was very nostalgic hearing it, and um, so I, I proceeded at the next sound check to start jamming it and um, sort of trying to um, you know put it together how I could remember it in my head. I didn't have like a, a version of it with me or anything, so I just loosely based it on it, and it only had a few words, so I didn't have to worry about remembering lyrics. So we threw it into an encore, as you said, and um, it just it just stayed in the encore. And it was one day, uh, maybe we'd been doing it for about a few weeks on the on the Love and Adventure tour at the time, as the encore. And um, one day I was in the office, and we used to share an office with Triple M at the time. 
um, which was called Eon back then, um, and Lee Simon bumped in the, in the hallway, and he just said, "Hey, you've got to you've got to release that song." And, and I didn't really know what he was talking about. I said, which, "Which song are you talking about?" He said, "Tunky Town, of course." And um, you know, I didn't quite how he even knew that we were doing it, and he had his ways. He had a desk tape of it apparently, and um, so yeah, we were we were keen. Like when he when he sort of expressed how how uh, vibe he was on the version, I took it to management, took it to record company. And um, there were a few hurdles at first. Everyone was kind of not sure, especially the American record company. I was saying, well, look, it's, it's a disco song. A disco's dead. So why would you cover that? And, and you know, fair enough. But we, uh, you know, they didn't know what we were doing to it. So we uh, you know, got into the studio and um, produced up the version that we did. And, and I think everyone, it was unanimous after we did it. Everyone said, yeah, this is a color. So uh, it went ahead. Incredible. And I just love that every one of these stories you're sharing, there's always someone in your corner, someone influential, whether it's Molly, whether it's Lee Mm. Simon, of course, a legend of Triple M in so many ways. It's incredible that you have that backing, and especially when you're quite young. I can't imagine how that would feel these days. It just feels Yeah. Yeah. It's like, because I started out in the industry quite young. I was probably 14 when I was doing my first gigs. And, um, and, and so, it's funny because everyone says, oh, you know, it must be amazing so young and so quick to be, you know, this rise to success. But for me, it was a real slog because, you know, it took me a good five, six years, be, you know, from starting to play the band till things really happened. But it was only that pseudo echo when we got that band together. I think all of a sudden we had the right formula and we had the right sound and the right guys and it just all started to come together. Now, tell me about the, the Race album, because I, I hear this is the first time that you're performing songs from it live since the 1980s. Yes. Obviously got yeah. quite, a, quite a mixed reception back in its day. How, how, do you feel yeah. about it how do you feel about it now? Well, we really embrace it these days. Um, you know, a lot of water under the bridge and, and um, you know, the, the former band members and myself were all on good terms these days. And, and so there's no real animosity in, in any of the songs anymore, whereas there was for a while. Um, the race up was controversial in a way that we, it, it, it kind of was the, the thing that broke the band up at the time. There was so much um, turmoil <laughs> surrounding it at the time. And uh, with the record company, with the band members, with management, it was all just sort of going everywhere. So um, it, it sort of had a bit of bad blood and we didn't perform it much because we only did the first promo tour when we released it and then the band split. So it just didn't really get a run. And... And for years, I just avoided it and said, no, no, it's bad vibes with it. It's what broke the band up and all this. But so as we healed over time and and um, uh, us former members and uh, myself uh, all, all came together and, and made things okay, uh, it had less of that uh, weight on it. And what we did find is also the fans over the years. But what, you know, initially our fans didn't really like that album. And then over the years, you know, you're talking 30, 40 years, um, they embraced it and they love it and they, and they play it and they and they they you know they cherish it. But we never were performing it, so um, it made sense this time around when we thought, well, this is the ultimate tour. We need to really it needs to be a, a real cross section of everything. And um, so I just really bit the bullet, started um, having a listen, embracing it again. You know, learnt it up with the band, and then we said we're going to do this. So you know, it, it's. It's a nice section of the of the set too because we we sort of go chronologically through the band's career, and um and and audiences are loving it. Oh, totally, and it, it also that thing you talked earlier about nostalgia and the fact that when you're in your twenties, yeah, you you've your field of vision's <laughs> quite narrow, but now you're looking back on an album <laughs> that was right. almost derided back in its day, and now going, oh, how good was that? How good were those songs? 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Incredible. Um, you've given us a really great snapshot, but in a couple of sentences, what can we look forward to uh, on the Ultimate Tour as it comes to Bendigo's capital this Friday? Well, definitely nostalgia. Um, it, is, it is the old old Sudoeco sound. Uh, the catalogue is the old Sudoeco songs, and um, there's a lot of fun. Um, we do two sets, it's two hours worth of stuff. It's a lot of stories. I, I talk about a lot of things, how, how songs came about, how band members came about. Um, and then we uh, we launch you know, a big fun fest at the end with a you know, few covers and, and medleys and and uh, all kinds of stuff goes on. And there's big visuals. You know, we've never had this before, the Ultimate Tour, so it's really graphic and synchronised to the songs. But a six-piece band these days. So it's, it's a big sound, big visuals. That's absolutely incredible. We are looking forward to seeing it at the Capitol this Friday, September 8th from 8pm. 8 Brian Cannon from Pseudo Echo, it's an absolute pleasure to have had you on the Triple M Breakfast Show this morning. Thank you. Coggo Thank you. for breakfast. Weekdays on Triple M and anywhere on the Listener app. It's Triple M Breakfast.